Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the eighth season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is care for adults with congenital heart defects, and we have a great show for you today. Today's show is Rethinking Transition Care for CHD Survivors, and our guests are Lena Morsch and Christy Silman. Lena Morsch was born with double outlet right ventricle detransposition of the great arteries and a ventricular septal defect. She has had three open heart surgeries. Lena is an adult congenital heart senior ambassador, and she established the annual Congenital Heart Night at Bush Stadium with the St. Louis Cardinals. She is a founding member of Zipper Sisters, Women with CHDs, which is a support group with over 1,000 verified members worldwide. She is preparing to launch UncommonHearts.org, a website geared toward helping adults with CHDs be informed, thriving members. Lena just recently accepted a role in the congressionally directed medical research programs through the Department of Defense to review research proposals for funding on behalf of congenital heart disease. Her goal is to be a loud voice for all of those affected by congenital heart defects. We'll meet Christy Silman in the second segment of the show. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Lena. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and my good friend, Christy. I know. I'm so excited to have both of you here today, too. I think it's going to be a great show. Me, too. I know through talking with you that your transition period was later than what I consider to be ideal. So can you tell us about when you finally did transition from going to a pediatric cardiologist who specializes in working with children to a cardiologist who specializes in working with adults with congenital heart defects? Well, that's a very good question and a question that a lot of heart moms ask me in this day and age. I think most people think that when you're 18 that you transition, but I was probably 21 to 22 when I transitioned to the clinic that I go to now at Barnes-Jewish in St. Louis. But before that, there wasn't a clinic for adults with congenital heart disease. I was very lucky that my childhood cardiologist was a great visionary and was wanting to leave a legacy and help his patients that he saw to adulthood. So he, along with my present cardiologist, Dr. Philip Ludbrook, had started this center. And at the time, I didn't really want to transition because I had built a great relationship with my childhood cardiologist. So when he told me that there was such a thing as transition, I had no idea. I thought I would see him until the end of time, but he was semi-retired and he was ill. So I kind of didn't have 
have a choice. So we worked out an agreement where I would go meet Dr. Ludbrook and give him a shot. I really wasn't happy at the time, but we kind of grew up together, me and the ACHD Center in St. Louis, because they were just starting out. They were trying to establish a clinical setting. It was chaotic and it was really scary, but I stuck it out. One of the things that I'm discovering this season as I talk with so many wonderful adults is that you guys are the pioneers. You are the ones who have let the cardiologists know, wait a minute, we're going to beat the odds. We are going to make it to adulthood. And now there's such a big population that there wasn't before that there are new needs. And one of those needs is to have cardiologists who specialize in working with adults with congenital heart disease, I'm not surprised that there really wasn't anything for you to transition to. And I'm actually surprised that it happened when you were in your early 20s. How old are you right now, Lena? I'm in my 40s, so. <laughs> so see, really, so you're talking about 20 years ago that they started to yes. see the need, and I think that's great. The fact that you had a visionary doctor who 20 years ago said, hey, we need to start working something up to transition these young adults into working with cardiologists who specialize in working with adults, I think that really is visionary, and I think it's rather remarkable. Yeah, he had a very natural instinct to know, in my case, particularly what would happen. Now, when I was younger, I kind of thought he was just being a doctor downer and being a mean old man, and I really didn't like what he had to say, but it's scary how he kind of predicted markers throughout my life of things that could possibly happen. Before I came along, he had told me that there was a lot of patients that had passed away. So he was kind of pessimistic for a while. But then when I hit about my adolescent age, he had a lot of different patients that were surviving and thriving and doing well. And so he knew that he was getting older and that there was only so far that he could take us. So that's when he really pursued this clinic. And I really wish that Kathy could have been with us today, Kathy Youngie, who was the founding nurse coordinator of the clinic. And she could have told you much more about the history of the clinic because it's very fascinating. And they really were such amazing pioneers working together. And I feel like they really are an example of what every clinic should strive to be, especially those new ones that are starting out with the board certifications passing. So let's talk about that transition. It's difficult for anybody to transition yeah. from being a teen to an adult, but I think it's especially hard when you have a congenital heart defect. So what was the most difficult part of your transition? Oh my gosh. Well, there are several different aspects. Growing up with CHD is scary. And when I was little, there was a different generation of doctors and medical staff. They weren't as friendly. They were very clinical. They didn't allow themselves to get close or emotional with patients. And on top of that, I felt like I didn't have any control. You would go to the doctor and there was these big words and all these painful treatments. And for me, I thought that growing up would be the answer to everything that I could get better and solve things. I guess that's just something as a kid, I was telling myself that if I could grow up, I could outgrow this CHD. So when I did finally get to 18, I was doing really well. And for the past three years, I'd had a wonderful transition in my life where my first big corrective surgery when I was 15 years old, and I went from blue to pink. So I was kind of able to live a normal life and look normal and feel normal. Before that, I didn't have friends. I was incessantly bullied at school. So I kind of thought I was coming out of this. And then when I turned 18, Dr. Hartman started talking about transitioning, 
He'd always told me that I was going to need to be followed for my whole life, but I was sort of in denial. So when the clinic opened in St. Louis, he kind of started pushing me towards that because at the time he was getting ill and he was coming to the clinic less and less. When I went to the clinic to meet with Dr. Ludbrook, I wasn't very happy, but it was overwhelming for a young person to accept this is something that I'm going to have to deal with my whole life and my parents aren't always going to be there. And I had chose one of my first appointments to go by myself. And I remember just feeling angry and lonely. And I just didn't want to deal with it. I thought, this is crazy. I'm better. I'm getting off all my medications. I don't want to do that. And I think that when you transition into adulthood, that there is just natural rebellion that you go through. I think it's normal for a lot of CHD patients. They just want a time where they can be their own person and not be the CHD -er and be normal. And you kind of have to go through this process before you step up to the plate and be an adult. I certainly did that. I blew off appointments. I didn't want to do my test. I was just difficult, but my childhood cardiologist would call me. He would hunt me down. He would call and tell my mother on me. So he was a he was a great man. And then he got my nurse coordinator Kathy Youngie on it, and so she would call and hunt me down too. So I had a very understanding, passionate, supportive staff that really cared about me and wanted to make sure that I had the best care possible. And a lot of people can't say that with having a chronic disease. They can't say they have such a supportive staff. But I did, and it was very painful. It took a couple of years, but I finally warmed up to Dr. Ludbrook, who is the complete opposite of my childhood cardiologist, who was very loud and boisterous and said exactly what was on his mind and never combed his hair to a very sweet, <laughs> gentle, proper Australian. <laughs> so it was quite a transition, and I never mm -hmm. thought I could love anybody more than I did my pediatric cardiologist. And then Dr. Ludbrook was very patient with me and understanding. And so now I'm crazy about him. And now he's semi-retired. So I'm kind of going through the transition process again, because eventually I'm going to have to find another cardiologist. And I don't know if they're going to have the same struggle as Dr. Ludbrook and Kathy did when I transitioned. But the most difficult part is change. Change is difficult mm -hmm. in any setting, but I think when you grow up and you're a child that has been through so much trauma and you live so much of life before you're 18, that to prepare yourself for dealing with that the rest of your life, it does take a transition. And I can honestly say it's, it's not easy on so many levels. Oh, I agree. I think it is a difficult thing to have to live through. Having to face the fact that you have a chronic illness, that's a hard thing to live with, especially when you feel good. When you grow up with CHD, a lot of times you feel alone. And I think that that's part of the rebellion. You get angry. You do because you're like, I just want to be normal. I just don't want to deal with this anymore because it's so tiresome mm -hmm. and it never goes away. And yep. as practical as you are and as well as your parents raise you. I had wonderful, amazing parents that were just the best in empowering me and making me feel like I can do anything, but I still had the difficulties of accepting that. If I'd have been able to meet other kids like me, I think it might have been a little easier because I really did have to go on alone. I did meet 
one person with CHD when I was 19 years old in college, and he passed away suddenly four months later, and I was alone again. So it was a very lonely process. In today's day and age, I would encourage parents to encourage their children to reach out to other people with CHDs. I think that's a word like Camp Rhythm and Camp Del Corazon are great because they can network and be empowered with that because there's power in numbers. And I think it's still going to be a difficult transition, but I think that when you feel like you are going along with a lot of people that are going through the same thing, it makes it a little bit easier. I know my involvement with ACHA now, when I had to have a test, it's always great to have somebody to vent to that knows exactly what I'm going through. <laughs> so, exactly. Misery loves company. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so comforting to be able to have that because if you haven't had open heart surgery several times or all the stuff that we've had to go through, you really can't fathom what it's like to be the patient. That's so true. We're all like snowflakes, no matter if we have the same exact defects. Some of us are going to do better than others. Some of us are going to need pacemakers. Some don't. Just don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, that is like the most important thing is to reach out to other CHDers because I find that to be the most empowering thing that I have ever experienced was just to find others like me. Just how fulfilling that is to have that support level. I think that's the impetus for you starting Zipper Sisters too. And we'll have to talk more about that later because we're late for a commercial. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Christy Silman about what challenges she faced in transitioning from a teen to an adult CHD survivor when we come back after this brief commercial break. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is Rethinking Transition Care for CHD Survivors, and our guests are Lena Morsh and Christy Silman. We just finished talking with Lena Morsh about some of the difficulties she experienced in transitioning from a teen to an adult CHD survivor, and now we'll turn our attention to Christy Silman. Christy Silman has a unique point of view as both an adult with Tetralogy of Fallot with pulmonary atresia and a nurse for adults with congenital heart defects or ACHDs. Christy was lost to cardiology care for 10 years, became a pediatric ICU nurse, and then discovered ACHD cardiology while in the second trimester of her pregnancy. Due to a lapse in care after the birth of her son, Christy went into heart failure. Her experiences drove her to volunteer for the ACHA, Mended Little Hearts, and the Congenital Heart Walk in a quest to raise awareness of lifelong care needs. Three years ago, Christy was hired by the Adult Congenital Heart Program at Stanford, and she works as the outpatient nurse coordinator, inpatient nurse educator, and she helps run the Adolescent Young Adult, or AYA, Heart Clinic at Lucille Packard Children's Hospital. Christy's areas of interest include transition education, insurance authorization, mental health, social support, and patient empowerment. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Christy. Thank you for having me, Anna. I'm excited to be here. 
Well, me too. After reading your bio, I think, when does she have any time to do anything else? (laughs) True. (laughs) You have a big job. Oh, my gosh. You have a huge job. I do. It's just grown and grown over the past three years that I've been with Stanford, and I love every moment of my work, and it's something really special to be able to get paid for something you're passionate about and you would do for free. Well, I love the fact that not only are you doing all of these amazing things in California, but you're on Facebook, and I've been able to get to know you through Facebook. I was shocked, though, that it wasn't until you sent me your bio that I realized you had been lost to cardiac care for 10 years because you're such a strong advocate in the CHD community. So why don't you tell us about your transition? Absolutely. And then through that lapse in care that I developed my passion for transition care, I remember the moment I was lost to care very clearly. It was six months after my last open heart surgery for a pulmonary homograph replacement, and right before my 18th birthday, my pediatric cardiologist told me I was fixed and would never need to see another cardiologist or have another heart surgery again. He had no concerns for my future, and he specifically told me, have a nice life. Wow. Yeah, I was in shock when he said it to me, and I knew deep down in my soul that this wasn't right. Mm -hmm. How does a heart condition get fixed by a numerical age of 18? How does it just suddenly disappear as an 18 is the expiration date for having a lifelong condition? And how do we cut through someone's heart many, many times and expect it to be normal? But I was 18, so who was I to argue with a cardiologist? And it was good news, so Mm -hmm. why would I want to deny this good news? So I went on with my life and went to college and started dating. And it wasn't until about four or five years later, I instinctively knew, how can I go from seeing a pediatric cardiologist every six months to just nothing? So I asked my father, who's an emergency room physician, to order me an echo through the ER. So I went to the ER and got an echo, and he had one of the cardiologists he worked with read it, and they said, oh, it's fine, no big deal. So I just kept going on. And then when I was 26 years old, I decided to go to nursing school, and it wasn't until I was in nursing school doing my pediatric rotation and learning about congenital heart disease that I said, okay, this isn't right. I need to be seeing someone. But then the question that came, well, who do I see? Because at that point, I felt I was too old to go to a pediatric cardiologist. But then I didn't know where to turn. So my dad helped set me up with a general cardiologist who had a special interest in congenital heart disease, but no formal training. And that was sort of my slow, meandering road back to cardiology care, though it still wasn't appropriate. Wow. But see, this is what I keep hearing over and over this season, Christy, is that so many of the adults that I've spoken with were told they were fixed. And just like you said, go have a nice life. And they weren't, obviously. Like you said, you don't go from having an imperfect heart that needs a lot of work to all of a sudden, ta-da, it's fine. And so (laughs) I think your deep down intuition that, wait a minute, I think I might still need something. I think, gosh, obviously that was spot on. But how frustrating that when you were experiencing that, there really wasn't the setup that there is now. And even now, what we have isn't what we need, especially worldwide. We need more doctors who are trained to work with adults with congenital heart defects because you all pose your own unique set of problems and complications. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, yeah. wow. But it sounds like you and Lena and so many of the other guests that I've spoken to this season were on the cutting edge. You were right there when you needed something and it was just starting to evolve. And how exciting, Christy, that you are part of the evolution. Absolutely. I mean, I feel such gratitude every day. When I set out, even just as a volunteer, before I started working as a nurse in the field, my mission was I want to make sure no other patient goes through what I went through. And I can't help everyone, but at least if I can help one person or five people, then that just gives me so much satisfaction and happiness in my life. Absolutely. Well, I want you to talk to me about having your son, because it sounds to me like that pregnancy really made you turn a corner. Going through the pregnancy, it sounds like you were in nursing school at the time, and you started to see that maybe your heart did need some special care, and then you went into heart failure. Tell us about that chapter in your life. Yeah, so I was actually out of nursing school. I was working in the pediatric ICU at UC Davis Medical Center, taking back heart patients after heart surgery and working with parents and children. And then I was 29 years old when I became pregnant with my son. But before I became pregnant, I was responsible. And I said to my general cardiologist, is it okay for me to have a child? And she said, sure, no problem. And I knew this may not be the right person to tell me if I can or cannot have a child. So I asked her, to have me seek a second opinion with a specialist. So she sent me to a pediatric cardiologist. So here I am at 27 years old, going backwards in transition, sitting in a pediatric cardiology waiting room with two-year-olds next to me and thinking, how many of this guy's patients have been pregnant before? Is he really qualified to give me (laughs) experience to get pregnant? But he had been in the business for so many years and said he had had patients that were like me and had gotten patients through pregnancy and told me to go ahead and I should be fine and he wasn't concerned at all. So then I became pregnant. When I was pregnant, I was also working on my master's in nursing and had to decide on the thesis topic. And since I was already doing a ton of research on pregnancy and adults with congenital heart disease, I decided to make that my thesis on the care of pregnant adults with congenital heart disease. So as I'm coming through the research, I'm realizing, oh my gosh, this is a lot more risky than I thought it was. And More importantly, I'm not seeing the right kind of cardiologist. So I went to my general cardiologist. I told my general cardiologist, I want a first, second, and third trimester echo. I want a fetal echo for my child. So I was really directing my care, and I'm sure I was a bit of a nightmare patient, and I was demanding these things, but I knew they were right. And then I knew that the specialty existed, but I didn't know what made an ACHD cardiologist. How do I tell the difference between an ACHD cardiologist and a general cardiologist, my general cardiologist had a special interest in CHD. So in my mind at that time, I thought, well, she's probably an ACHD cardiologist. I don't know how to tell the difference. And I'll talk more later about how that's so different now. But in my second trimester of pregnancy, I started having symptoms, arrhythmia, activity intolerance. So I asked the physician that I worked with in the pediatric ICU opinion, and he was a savior to me and got on the horn called all the doctors he knew throughout the United States and found me a medical congenital heart cardiologist about an hour and a half away, and I emailed her for a second opinion. I received a call back from her while I was being admitted to labor and delivery with preterm labor. I had gone for a regular OB appointment, had a list about 15 questions that were related to my heart and the pregnancy, and my OBGYN said, you need to stop talking. You're contracting every minute. And I said, I am? I can't even feel it. 
And so I was admitted to labor and delivery, and my cell phone rang, and it was Dr. Allison Meadows, who was working at UCSF at that time. And she, without ever seeing me, or even really talking to me, she had just gotten my email. She said, hand the phone to the doctor right now. And I handed the phone to the doctor, and they just got on the horn and was like, don't give her these drugs. Give me an EKG monitor on her. And just jumped right in and instantly became one of my favorite people in the whole world. And really, wow. like a Superman cape on her back saved the day. Luckily, I was able to stay off the preterm labor, but I was put on strict bed rest and Dr. Meadows works an hour and a half away, so I couldn't go and see her. So she and my general cardiologist worked together for the rest of my pregnancy and for my delivery care. But then two months after I had my son, I started experiencing heart failure symptoms. I couldn't make it up the stairs in my house. I was very short of breath. So I went and saw the general cardiologist, and she told me that I was just an anxious new mom and that my echoes looked fine. And she referred me to a pulmonologist who diagnosed me with asthma and put me on a bunch of asthma medications that actually had adverse effects on my heart. The Dr. Meadows was in the process of being hired by Kaiser and setting up her Kaiser Clinic. So there was this delay in going to be able to see her as her clinic got set up. So it wasn't until eight months after I had my son that I finally got to go see Dr. Meadows at Kaiser in San Francisco. And she did a heart MRI and told me on our first official clinic visit together that I was going into heart failure and had postpartum cardiomyopathy. She explained to me that... She could see how this heart failure and postpartum cardiomyopathy developed by looking at all of my echoes in order from pre-pregnancy through all the trimesters, two months after, and then to now. And she said it was really subtle, and only a trained ACHT cardiologist would really catch this. And that was the moment that my passion for ACHT cardiology was really born. Wow, what an amazing story, and how lucky that you found Dr. Meadows when you did. It sounds, yes, like she swooped in (laughs) wearing a cape to save the day. Wow. She's always worn a superhero cape for me ever since that day, and I told Dr. (laughs) Meadows I'm a lifer. I'm never leaving her. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a real positive note for us to end on. We have to take a quick commercial break, but don't leave yet, listeners, because when we come back, we're going to talk with both Lena and Christy about what advice they have for others in the CHD community. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is Rethinking Transition Care for CHD Survivors, and our guests are Lena Morsh and Christy Silman. We just finished talking with Christy about what she experienced as far as her transition and also what it was like for her to be pregnant and having to deal with finding a new cardiologist as she was going through all of that. And it was a fascinating interview. So if you missed that segment, just back up. That's the great thing about podcasts. You can just back up and listen to it. But now we're all three in the studio together, and I'm going to start with Lena. Lena, what advice do you have for an adult with a CHD who is listening to this show about transition? 
it's always great to surround yourself with like-minded people. I cannot sing the praises of the Adult Congenital Heart Association enough. They're a great resource. So if you're unfamiliar with them, please go to their website, which is www.achaheart.org. If you go to that website, there's a lot of important information that can help you get started. And also for women, Zipper Sisters, women with CHD, we have about 1,500 members now. And of course, it's just girls only, but there are some exclusive issues only to women with CHD, such as pregnancy, birth control, body image issues. And we have a very close community on there, and you can always join that group for advice. We have a lot of young girls that are looking for advice for transitioning and all the things that come with being an adult on there. So that would be my best advice is just to reach out to your peers and to be kind and gentle to yourself and allow yourself to feel the emotions because it is a big deal to transition and it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to question the future because we all go through it. Everybody that transitions goes through growing pains and you're not alone. I love that. You're not alone. And that's what I love about the Zipper Sisters <laughs> and the ACHA and Mended Little Hearts and Facebook. I mean, we aren't alone anymore. The yeah. parents aren't alone. The kids aren't alone. The adults aren't alone. Well, Christy, you have the floor for the last question, my dear. Why don't you tell us what advice you have as a nurse and an ACHD survivor regarding transition for teens and parents and anybody who is listening today? I think it's important to know that there's two types of transition. There's the knowledge base and the autonomy of the individual. That's one transition where you go from your parents managing all your care to where you're managing your care independently. And then there's the physical transition from your pediatric cardiologist to an adult congenital heart cardiologist and leaving one setting and one provider and going to a new setting and a new provider. So for the knowledge part and the autonomy part, I always say that transition starts at day one. Because one thing I want everyone to know is that congenital heart disease is a lifelong condition that's going to require specialized care for the entirety of your life. That knowledge needs to start upon diagnosis, starting with something as simple as just knowing what general heart defect is. And so really understanding whether you have simple, moderate, or complex congenital heart disease is really the best way to understand what category you fit in. And you can look on the Adult Congenital Heart Association website. They have those buckets, and you can read the different defects that go under each of those buckets. And the rules are whatever the highest level is that you fit into, that's your level. So for me, tetralogy of flow is a moderately complex CHD. A pulmonary atresia is highly complex. So my overall bucket is I have highly complex congenital heart disease. So just understanding those things and then your medications that you're on, why are you on them? What do they do? What are the side effects? What do you do if you miss a dose? How do you get a refill? And then starting to think about adult congenital heart cardiologists and looking at who's available in your area. Talk to your pediatric cardiologist about it. Do they have a transition program set up? Do they have a adult congenital heart cardiology group that they already work with? And can you start looking forward to that? And then as Lena said, for that physical transition of going from your pediatric cardiologist to your adult cardiologist, there are going to be growing pains. And the best way to get through those growing pains are with your social support of your peers who are going through the same process. 
I love that. I love that. You're the first person who's talked this season about knowing whether or not you have simple, moderate, or complex processes going on. I think that's really, really important, Christy. Yeah. That really does help people to understand the severity. Yeah. And you're the ER, you tell the doctor, I have tricuspidatresia stats for spontan, and they look at you like you're speaking a different language, mm-hmm. even though they're medical professionals. So it's much easier to say, I have highly complex congenital heart disease. Here's my cardiologist number. Please call them. And then side note, you call them on your own. Because nine times out of ten, <laughs> the ER doctor will never call them. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, truly, that's such good advice. Can I interject something? Yes, Lena. I agree with what Christy said. There is a great resource through the Adult Congenital Heart Association called the Health Passport, and you can go to their website and get one. It's like a little pamphlet, and you can go with your cardiologist, and he can draw the diagram of your heart and write down your medications and put all these little notes, and you carry it with you. So if something happens, you can whip that out because usually in an emergency situation or if you're sick and tired, you really can't remember everything. Sure. Not only is it great for when you go to the ER, but that is an incredible transition tool to be able to independently fill out a passport on your own. To me, that sort of makes me feel like, okay, you've got your wings, you're ready to fly um, as an adult with congenital heart disease because basically in that passport is the need to know information. So if you can fill that out independently, then you know all you need to know. That's true. I love it. And don't do it alone. Don't think you have to do it alone. This is a great thing that you can go ahead and go on the ACHA website, make a copy of it, make two. Take it to your next cardiology visit and say, I want to have this with me wherever I go. Can you help me make sure that I'm doing it right? Correct. Yeah, I encourage my patients to fill out as much as they can, and then I go over the rest of it with them. So then it also helps me see where are there gaps in knowledge and make sure that we go over that so we're not missing anything together. I love it. You girls are so empowering. I love that. You gave such terrific advice. Oh my gosh, this is fabulous. This is the second show I did this season on transition and it was totally different, which I think is fabulous. So I know we could probably spend a whole season just on transition. There is so much that needs to be learned, but at least we've started the conversation and our listeners know where to go. Go to the ACHA website and there is an abundance of information on that website. So you definitely want to check it out if you're an adult or if you're the parent. Well, thank you ladies so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Lena. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Christy. Oh, you're very welcome. It was wonderful to tell a little bit about my story and where my passion for my career stems from. I think it's so much fun to bring together passionate people. And the three of us have got to meet in Orlando because in October, the Adult Congenital Heart Association is having their annual conference, and I know, Lena, you're going to be there. Will you be there, Christy? Yeah, I'm speaking. I'm talking about preparing for surgery and then how to talk to your significant other and children about congenital heart disease. Awesome. Well, I will be there, too, and the three of us need to get a photo together, and I can put it on the website. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a date. Okay. That concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Until then, please check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and support our sponsor, Hearts Unite the Globe. Most importantly, remember, my friends, you are not alone. (music) 
thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week. 